0: What's going on, guys? It's Mohammed, the host of Aware Alpha, and welcome to episode 95. Uh, I just want to say I am super grateful for being this far in this journey, having a platform to share my voice and the special guests that we have on this show regularly and to share their knowledge and tools and tips with you guys. Uh, Today, we have another special guest. He goes by the name of Dan Sykes. He's a body worker, an entrepreneur, a filmmaker, and just a special human being from what I have read so much about him already. Uh, So with that being said, welcome to the show, Dan. Thanks very much, Mohammed. Very, very excited to be here and uh, share some time with you and your listeners. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, The first thought, the first question that comes to my mind is, what is a body worker? Well, uh, a body
1: worker in the sense that we do it is a little bit different than most people's thoughts. Okay. Most people consider bodywork to be some form of massage, mm. uh, some form of physical therapy. Mm. Um, body worker is used in many states as a word that you can legally use when you're not a licensed massage therapist, but you can mm. still do essentially that job mm. uh, legally. Uh, more and more states are starting to control that word actually. Um, In the sense we mean it I'm really a somatic educator which is a little bit different and we do a a type of body work that was developed in the Russian military that has a specific Mm -hmm. purpose it's really martial arts training, Uh, Mm -hmm. a somatic educator is someone that um, teaches students various exercises that improve the function of their nervous system. Mm -hmm. And we do that through movement based um, exercises and modalities. And Mm -hmm. we also do it through touch based modalities. So when we um, talk about Russian stick body work, which is what I do and we do sort of a modified modernized version of that, we're talking about body work that's not therapeutic, but Mm -hmm. educational where we are enticing the student's nervous system to perceive certain physical realities and make conclusions Mm -hmm. at a level that's below the conscious level that then improves their ability to move and function with more ease Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. So we're not uh, touching you and fixing you. We're touching you in a way that helps draw your attention To Mm. things going on in your body and your nervous system itself makes the improvement by feeling what is easier and what's more difficult. And that's the, um, that is the natural capacity all humans have to overwrite chronic tension and other problems with uh, tense muscles Mm. uh, function that won't happen in a very efficient way Mm. that, um, ancient disciplines use movement and touch modalities like yoga and tai chi and qigong and all these things they're actually training the nervous system there's also a whole bunch of modern disciplines that take a uh, neuroscientific approach to these same two things but all of these disciplines are not therapy they're really education
0: Mm, okay okay that's a great explanation Uh, so i have two questions first of all somatic educator so, what is somatic? Like, what what does that word mean in your in your thoughts? Yeah, somatic um, has
1: been used by a few disciplines. It, it comes from, I think it's Latin, but it could be Greek. Uh, but it's one of the the ancient Romance languages. Soma means of the body, uh-huh. and somatic means um, the experience you have of your body. And uh-huh, okay, and it really translates to working with the nervous system, because the nervous system is the mechanism by which we intake all sensation, Mm. and we command all movement. So it's, you know, arguably, whether there's a soul and a spirit or whatever, but it is the operating system by which we experience all of life. So Mm. when this is why um, so many of the ancient disciplines are known by their practitioners as a kind of uh, One stop shop for wellness, because it's teaching mm. you about breathing, which helps the nervous system function. And it's teaching you about all the, this awareness. Mm. Awareness means you are able, your nervous system is able to process more and more uh, reality right now. Mm. There's less Uh, thoughts and chatter in your mind and more of uh, feeling and absorbing and uh, on an unconscious level, making decisions based on an intake of reality now, Mm. and now,
2: Mm.
1: and now, and now. Mm. This is what um, you can approach this through movement, you can approach it through quieting the mind, Mm. and you can approach it through very, very quiet minded movement, which is generally how most somatic disciplines work is is you reduce the amount of mental activity, you reduce the amount of physical work happening. They call this noise or chatter. Mm. You lessen this chatter and the quieter your body is, like if I were gonna do something, I would lean back in my chair so my back's not engaged, my neck's not engaged, Mm. I, I relax everything. And then if I were to just like turn my head very slowly and slightly, I can feel details of all these things involved and just turning my head where if my back were engaged and we were talking and I'm listening to uh, some record and somebody's like doing something on TV. If I move my head, I'm not going to notice the Mm. subtle detail of all the things involved, because what we tend to forget is anytime we move, Mm. if you just do, if everybody just sits symmetrically upright, and if you just slowly raise one hand off your lap and just raise it up into the air like this. Mm. You might be aware that your shoulder's working a little bit and maybe what, like my, I guess my fingers are a little engaged to open my hand. So I can note a bunch of things that are clenching to make this happen. But in reality, There's muscles in my lower back in my pelvis, the weight from one foot to the other is shifting. Mm -hmm. There's 1000s and 1000s and 1000s of commands happening just for me to raise my arm and still be in balance against gravity. Yeah it's way beyond our capacity to consciously monitor all the things that are happening for even the simplest of movements. Mm. The nervous system is operating at hundreds of thousands of times greater capacity than our ability to consciously understand what we're involved in. There's Mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands of individual muscle cells Clenching and releasing in a certain pattern and in a certain order, and taking now, now I'm leaning a little over to the left. So now my right side has to crunch a little more. And all this stuff's happening that we're oblivious to. Mm-hmm. So you cannot improve movement consciously. Yeah. The only way to improve your ability to move is by drawing your nervous system's attention to what they call comparative intake. Mm. It is comparing what is easier versus what is not so easy. Mm. And there's only a certain amount of slots of attention that your nervous system has. Mm. And I might be saying it wrong. I believe it's 16, but I'm not a scientist. I'm a a more practically oriented guy. Uh, But there's about 16 slots of things your nervous system can pay attention to, to the degree that it's willing to actually to make a choice and say, oh, wow, that's easier. I'm going to do that from now on. Ooh. You're taking in thousands of pieces of information, temperature and smell and the, the little feelings on my hair as the air yeah. goes by and all this stuff is happening. And, oh, there's a guy I met. Do I know him from somewhere? And didn't that guy lie to me seven years ago? And like, there's all this stuff that we're processing. Yeah. But there's only about 16 of those slots that we're processing to a degree that the nervous system's willing to say, "Oh wow, I don't need my shoulder up like that anymore. I could just release that. I didn't even realize that I'm holding my shoulder up three inches higher than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Boom! It feels that, but will it do something about it? Mm-hmm. That's the key. That's where yoga, tai chi, Feldenkrais method, Hanna Somatics, and ding, 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 mm-hmm. uh, soft form martial arts. You have an inherent your, your nervous system." creates habits for us we have to we have habits of thought yeah
2: uh,
1: because we can't keep learning every single thing over and over again there's no way to survive and with movement it's the same thing we develop habits we must develop habits Mm. sometimes we develop habits because of trauma if i get in a car accident if i see my dog run over by a truck Mm. i'm going to react by um tensing up muscles.
2: Mm. Uh,
1: PTSD, they know that if your heart rate is still very, very elevated an hour after a traumatic event, Mm. your odds of developing post-traumatic stress disorder, I think it's like quadruple or even more. Okay. So if you don't recover, you habituate tension. Mm. There's a a perfect, we won't do it here, but everybody should try this. Mm. Try this little drill, get a timer out, Mm. set it for three minutes. And once you set it, you squeeze your fist as hard as you can. Mm -hmm. And every 10 seconds, just say to yourself, no, 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 harder, harder. And the Mm -hmm. whole three minutes say, no, no, even harder, even harder, even harder. And after three minutes, try to snap your fingers open.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: There's no way you can do it. You have to like take them out slowly. If you were to do it for 10 minutes, you'd have to pry your fingers open because you're habituating that tension. Mm -hmm. And what happens is you wind up with an electrochemical loop. It's like leaving the light switch on because Mm -hmm. clenching your muscles is an energy burning active command. There's an active electrical signal saying tense that muscle cell, tense that muscle cell 120 something times a second. It's Mm -hmm. telling you and it can get stuck on. It's called sensory motor amnesia. The nervous system forgets that that muscle is firing. It forgets that it could just turn it off.
2: Mm.
1: So part of what all somatic disciplines are doing is they're, they're utilizing your other natural capacity, you have a natural capacity to create habit, Mm -hmm. which can become outdated, like muscles that won't let go. Mm. You might be tensing up out of fear in a moment to help you survive something Mm -hmm. traumatic happens, and you're reacting so you can survive. But if you stay tense, like that fist drill, Mm -hmm. you forget you can turn it off again because it takes three times longer to relax generally than it takes to contract. Mm. And if if it gets interrupted, you won't relax unless you do something about it. But nature fortunately has provided us with what we now know is an inherent capacity to overwrite these patterns. Mm. And No matter what discipline you use, the natural capacity to improve your nervous system is by doing two things at the same time. Mm. moving in extremely slow motion Mm. for the purpose of feeling it physically, Mm. drawing your attention to the physical sensation of what am I moving? What are the interconnected parts that are part of it? Mm. And by moving in very slow motion, it does two things. If I move in fast motion, I'll use the example I always use on podcasts, because you can see me here. Mm. If you raise your hand quickly, Mm You will raise your hand by firing muscles in the same exact order you've been firing those muscles for 20 years. Mm. And maybe when you raise your hand, this front part of your shoulder hurts a lot. Yeah, It's because this is clenching too much. You have a habit of clenching too much. But when you're just raising your hand, you're just kicking off that habit. That's it. You're just firing it. It's an automatic think, go ahead. And this huge complex assortment of hundreds of thousands of muscles are going to contract and let go in a certain order, just the way they always have. But Mm -hmm. if I raise my hand over, let's see if, can I see my hand? I don't even know if we're on video on your podcast. If I, if I raise my hand over a minute, Mm. I can't use habit, and my brain is getting 60 times more information than Mm. my nervous system. than if I raise my hand in one second, it can start to analyze it can feel wow when i raise my hand actually wow my ribs are spreading too it's Mm -hmm. not just my shoulder yeah and i feel pull on my triceps oh boy Mm -hmm. and my weight just shifted to the other hip i can notice more of the total thing that's actually happening body wide through that Mm -hmm. simple movement if i just raise my hand i just think my arm moved if i raise it slowly i realize wow my hips moved My feet moved, my knee moved, my head moved, my neck moved, like a little bit of most of my body Mm -hmm. is involved in this thing. Yeah, Bringing awareness to that detail of reality Mm -hmm. is what's slowing down for the purpose of feeling it. That's the combination that has to be in there. You can do yoga all day long. If you're listening to Taylor Swift while you do yoga, you're going to be in the same place you are a year from now, as -hmm. the day started, but if you're quiet, you're doing yoga to feel it to Mm -hmm. feel it to feel it to feel it a year from now, your wellness will be in a very great place compared to now but only if you're doing the movement to feel it because Mm -hmm. feeling it because that's people do yoga. So they're more relaxed people do Mm -hmm. yoga and Tai Chi and the disciplines I do, which is Russian martial art called sistema, I do Mm -hmm. Feldenkrais method, that's what I'm certified in. Hmm. whatever the flavor of somatic discipline you do, it doesn't really matter as long as it's something you enjoy doing and you're going to keep doing it. That's the key. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you do it, the, you cannot do it to improve your movement or your function. Mm
2: -hmm. The
1: only thing you're actually learning is how to feel more, to Mm -hmm. physically feel first and more and more detail in, in one spot, there's a couple of kinds of ways you can feel more. I can either feel my shoulder as I raise my arm in way more detail,
2: mm.
1: like a microscope. Mm. I'm, I'm using sensation like a microscope feeling, like the way I'd listen in to something very quiet. Mm. Or I can spread out my attention to feel more of my body, what it's doing as I raise my arm. Mm. and and developing both of those senses in radically more detail, because we're not talking about over time feeling a little more. Mm. Somatic transformation is when you go from movement and activity that is predominantly habit-based to being much more substantially where physical feeling has many more slots in that top part of your nervous system where you're feeling more all the time is the transformation you're looking for and that makes more of your movement analyzed and decided versus triggering habit Mm -hmm. and that ultimately is what all these disciplines are trying to do whether they say that out loud or not whether Mm -hmm. some of the disciplines don't Uh, most of the nervous system training disciplines that people know about were created so many thousands of years ago. There was no such thing called a nervous system Mm. in those days. So in many yoga schools and many Tai Chi schools, Qi Gong, all these schools, nervous system is not a word used because that word didn't exist when those disciplines were invented. But the reality is they are all training the nervous system. That is what is actually happening and what science now
0: shows us without any doubt, all of these disciplines are involved in. Mm, I love that. I love the way you explained that. Would you the practical things that you were just sharing, like you know, if I'm raising my arm and I'm actually, you know, focusing on feeling, would you say a practical uh, exercise like that heals trauma? Or, you know? Well, it it
1: (laughs) trauma is is a tricky thing. There's a lot of roads into healing trauma Mm. and there are you can heal trauma through just words you can do talk therapy Mm. um you can go to say um a psychotherapy type of discipline and through Mm. talking this uh, these things through you can block by block unblock someone till they're willing to say psychologically face the memories of trauma Mm without fear, without wanting to shy away and just look at them and absorb that pain again. And, and in some ways, maybe relive that trauma. Mm-hmm. And that in about 30% of cases, more or less mm-hmm. has excised that trauma from mm-hmm. people. They, they call that exposure therapy, yeah. uh, traditionally for trauma recovery. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, and and this is what the VA uses as its go-to PTSD, Um, this is changing rapidly. I don't know about in the VA, but this has been their traditional thing is exposure therapy. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And um, unfortunately, this therapy often requires you reliving these traumatic events many, many times in a row, many Mm -hmm. sessions in a row, 12, 16, 20 sessions in a row of reliving these horrible moments from your life. Yeah. And unfortunately, the statistics show that about 30% of the people who do this grueling thing mm. show very clear, dramatic improvement. Mm. About 30% show no improvement at all. Mm. And about 40%, people, their symptoms worsen. Ah. That they really, the memory re traumatizes them. Ah. So this. Uh, so then there there so there's various schools of this. Then then you have the very, very gentle arts mm. and their approach to various forms of movement and body work, which also can over time, bring you to a point where you're willing to face these memories and and go through a pretty intense, what we call a cathartic episode of, of releasing your body shakes and there's crying or maybe hysterical laughter, or say, some kind of uncontrolled emotional um, roller coaster as this memory is working its way out of your psyche and the tension that's been associated with that is working its way out of the soft tissues in your body. Mm. Then there's, then there's another school of thought and the kind of body work we do, um, which is, I'd say, more military from the, from the the martial world of things, which is that if we can touch your body in a way that um, doesn't re-traumatize you, but coaxes you up toward this idea you have in your mind of the most pain most people consider it pain they can tolerate now this is a specific kind of pain it's not burning it's not cracking your bone it's pressure on a tight muscle and everybody knows um, that if if you have a tight muscle and somebody presses on it it hurts yeah why is that part of it's because it's tight and and it, it can't make the shock go through it like water. another part is that if you have tight muscles for a long time, mm-hmm. you're building lactic acid in there, just like when you go to the gym and over time it crystallizes and you literally have crystals of lactic acid in these tight muscles. So mm-hmm. when you press on them, they're grinding, the acid is becoming liquefied and it hurts. This is is a big part of why it hurts when you take an impact on a chronically tight muscle.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you can also do um, disciplines like Rolfing and uh, uh, system uh, Russian stick body work that I do, where we're, we're pushing various wooden sticks into your flesh um, mm. and doing impact um, eventually, walking with a lot of weight on your body, taking um, whips and other implements, and uh we take long whips and we kind of curl them around like a loop. So it's almost like one of those things you would uh, clean a rug with. Mm. And 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 we we strike in a certain way where only the wave goes through and there's no muscle, there's no, we're not adding tension into a strike. It's not a combative strike. We call mm-hmm. it a benevolent strike where we keep our um, soft tissue soft. And, yeah. and it's just the wave is and it's enticing those muscles to squish under the impact as opposed to clench up in fear of the impact. Mm. So as you do this, when you first start doing this, it hurts a lot. Mm. And you can ride this, but it's a relatively safe pain. There's no actual danger. You're just putting pressure on, on tight muscles. So there's no you can't break anything. You can't, no one's in danger, but you're psychologically just like ice water with Wim Hof. You're in no danger when you go in ice water, but it's triggering all these alarms in you, like you are in danger. And and you're getting in a safe way to experience panic. And then you can practice breathing techniques and and all these various techniques that we train people to do Mm. to reduce that panic and, and bring you back down out of the, what they call the sympathetic nervous system function of fight or flight Mm. and even though this discomfort or confusion or fear is still happening how can we train you to get back down where that frontal lobe kicks in you can function again you can think even though you're still in discomfort you're not in panic you are functionable and in Mm. the and in the military disciplines this is the main thing they're trying to teach you is not to not panic but how when you realize you're panicking how can you get that panic to go away as quickly as possible so you can get back to moving and have a chance to survive yeah um so you can do these kinds of things Mm -hmm. and in many cases as you're bringing someone up our job in that in that case if we're bringing you up to the most pain you can tolerate in mm. your You have an idea of what that is. Yeah. I'm pressing my sticks into your back or your shoulder or whatever, and you're like, wow, that really hurts. Oh, man, it's about to hurt so much. There's no way I can take any more. And you have an idea in your mind of what mm. that is. Yeah. And I've been there, believe me, because I started this training with very low levels of tolerance for pain. Mm. What we do is we look for uh, the, all these clues in, in your body language and how your reaction of where you're at, how close to that maximum you are. Mm-hmm. And our job is to um, take you up to that maximum, be talking to you. So we're, we're with you. And then we shepherd you past the most you can take for a breath or two and then back to the most you can take. Mm-hmm. And we wait and then we go past the most you can take and then back. And you eventually come to realize that there's going to be some kind of rhythm to this, that your nervous system starts realizing that, wow, even though I can't take this much pain, it is too much for me. You know, it's like for three seconds and then Mm -hmm. it's coming back. And when you do this, I don't know the scientific explanation for it. I just know that the, you know, clinical, you know, reality I've seen hundreds and hundreds of times. Yeah, When you do this, when somebody has an idea of the most pain I can take is 100, Mm -hmm. and I bring you to 107 for three seconds, and now I bring you to 99, Mm. this magical thing happens where simultaneously, you feel, or I bring you back to 100, say, Mm -hmm. if I bring you to 107, and then 100, something happens where your nervous system at the very same time is saying, this is the very most pain I can take. And I feel relief. Mm. At the same time, because I went to 107. And now I'm back at 100. And this strange, incongruent feeling of this is the most pain I can possibly take. And wow, doesn't that feel great compared to what it just was.
2: Mm.
1: It changes something in the nervous system and tension starts to come out of the soft tissue in a very fast way. Mm. And it bring it reacquaints the nervous system. It redefines pain for the nervous system to quote a guy that we all respect a lot. His name is um, um, Tom Myers. He, he has a, a system called um, anatomy trains, which is all about fascia and the uh, really great anatomy uh, scientist. He talks about pain being discomfort Married with a a psychological predisposition to run away from the pain. Mm. And when you get rid of that fear component, and you're willing to just accept that that uncomfortable sensation Mm. only as an uncomfortable sensation... What happened to me was the fifth time I ever got one of these. I'll Mm. tell you exactly what happened to me. I just knew it it hurt. And I was so scared. That's all Mm. I knew. And the fifth session, I saw that fear and pain seemed like one thing to me, just pain.
2: Mm. That's
1: all it was. Mm. And then in the fifth one, all of a sudden in my mind, I could feel it happen where it just became two separate things. And I realized, wow, the pain is one thing. And my fear is the other, and they're both affecting each other, but they're actually two separate things happening at the same time that I thought was one thing. Mm. But my fear is actually a totally separate thing than this physical sensation that's generating the fear. Mm. And what I keep being afraid of is this unbelievable pain I'm convinced is about to happen. Mm. However, how much pain I'm actually experiencing, my body's reacting because I'm convinced that it's about to get a lot worse. Mm. We call that fear as an acronym future events appearing real. Yeah. And when I realized, wow, there's this microsecond thing going on where my brain's saying, damn, this is about to hurt so much more. And mm. when that thought comes in, I tense up a little bit. And that makes the sticks hurt a tiny bit more in a microsecond. And then my brain's like, see, I told you it was going to hurt more. And mm-hmm. and this sort of keeps happening. And where you're getting almost like a hysterical reaction where the panic is about not what's happening, but what you're almost positive is going to happen mm. just one more second from now. Mm. And this, when you finally can perceive fear and sensation as two completely separate things this is when my personal relaxing started speeding up radically like really radically Mm. and i had cathartic episodes i had one about when i went through the ice at night on a snowmobile and should Mm. not be here Mm. uh no question a life-threatening circumstance and when i had my cathartic episode about that there was a period of some seconds i don't know how many 10 30 seconds where I had no idea I was in a room, I I could smell everything from that night, it was dark, I could, I was there, Mm -hmm. I was on that ice, 20 Mm -hmm. degrees below zero, 30 Mm -hmm. miles from the nearest town, soaking Mm -hmm. wet, screwed, like totally screwed. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, I realized, wait a minute, whoa, no, I'm in my house. And, but I, my teeth were chattering from being cold for like a half an hour. Mm. Like literally, I couldn't talk. My teeth were chattering so much. I was sweating and I was freezing and they threw five, six blankets on me and I was sweating profusely and shaking and teeth chattering. And then I was never scared of cold water again. You know? mm. And before that, for about 10 years after that incident happened, I would even drive by in the wintertime and see icy water Mm -hmm. And I would just feel cold inside and be like, Oh my God, that is so cold. Oh, you know, and I had not realized till it was gone that I had this trauma locked inside of me, understandably from, from this incident that had happened. Mm -hmm. So yeah, these techniques can be used for trauma. There's a lot of techniques though. And the way I did it is not the only road in there's a great for anyone um who feels they have PTSD? Who suffered trauma? There's an amazing discipline that I'm not involved with directly, but I've, I've done myself called Somatic Experiencing, mm. and this is uh, invented by a guy named Dr. Peter Levine. Mm. There's an amazing book called "Waking the Tiger." Oh yes, For anyone, th- this is an amazing book, and this is all based on what Peter's done is sort of combined certain aspects of some kinds of talk therapy mm. um, psychological therapy mixed with a somatic educators um, role of when an emotional reaction occurs based on the, talking about things that have happened in your past trauma especially that we draw they draw your attention to what's physically happening in your body mm. say you uh, you had a feeling of jealousy because your partner was with somebody else. Yeah. So you, you think about that and you feel this jealous feeling. What a somatic experiencing coach would say is, okay, you're feeling jealousy now. What does your neck feel like? Mm -hmm. What does your stomach feel like? What's happening in your knees? Because we tend to clench in a certain pattern. And when we say, even when we talk about emotions, we say, What do you feel like? And there's a literal meaning to that that most people don't understand that when I feel jealous, that means the right side of my neck is clenched 43%, mm. the left side of my neck is clenched 39%, my mm. arm is clenched a certain amount, a part of my stomach clenches up. And that physical feeling mm. we equate to being an emotional state. Mm. But a part of what makes you feel that way emotionally Mm. is this tension of pattern you're physically feeling in your body Hmm. emphasizes that emotional feeling. So somatic experiencing is about triggering an emotional state and then getting you to let go of some of that physical tension. Mm. And it does the same thing I was just talking about, about the pain, Max. You're feeling something and yet part of it's gone. And that starts making the nervous system say, hey, wait a minute. I got to maybe I got to analyze this again, because Mm -hmm. I feel this jealousy, but my neck's not clenched. So what's happening? And that brings it up that hierarchy of attention and starts having it be in the slots that are actionable. It's not just sensation coming in and oh, great, that that taxi's yellow, that apple's red, whatever, man. That's mm. mostly what your nervous system is not making decisions. We, we take in so much. Remember that uh, movie, Man of Steel, about Superman when he's a kid and he's overwhelmed by how much he's feeling? Yeah. We're all that. And a big part of why there's only 16 slots in our nervous system is to keep most of that at, at a reduced, uh, what would you say, uh, place. In our perception so we do know what's important to pay attention to as compared to what doesn't matter mm. but sometimes we have to give the nervous system a little help of what it should pay attention to and the way we do that can be through sensation mm. and and sometimes you can in in pose a physical sensation and train based on that either through movement or touch or sometimes you can talk to somebody and impose an emotional sensation And then you go back to the physical sensation and have them work with physically feeling because physical feeling is the only tool available for us to improve the function of the nervous system that, that at the end of the day, that's really what it's all about is drawing people's attention to what they call awareness and awareness means physical reality. Mm. What is the physical reality right now? Not the idea, not Oh, that boss of mine here. And next Saturday, I'm going to whatever. And someday I'm going to do that. But all that's gone. Mm. And you're in the moment as we all hear about this phrase in the moment. And that means the bulk of my attention is aimed at the physical reality in as much detail as I can possibly muster right this moment. Mm. That's, that's what the training is all about. No matter what flavor, no matter what discipline, whether it's a discipline from China or Brazil, Chicago, whether it was invented three days ago in a mm-hmm. garage or 5,000 years ago at an ashram somewhere, mm-hmm. slow motion movement for the purpose of feeling is what every one of these things is doing. And finding one that feels good to you and a community of people that you want to do this on a regular basis, because this is not push a button and it's done. If you create a practice an ongoing practice of moving in slow motion for the purpose of feeling on a regular basis mm. the cumulative benefits are amazing we've all met 40 year yogis mm. who've been you know doing this all day every day and they have this way about them where you're just like wow this is amazing mm-hmm. most of us are doing it an hour here and an hour there and we have mortgages to pay and we're not a yogi on an ashram who yeah is like giving up our worldly possessions and coming to total peace. We have to go for something in the middle. Yeah. Um, but it's all available for us to find it. And you're surrounded by, I would just emphasize to all your listeners, you are surrounded by disciplines right this minute
2: mm-hmm. that
1: can get you through this door of somatic education. And what I try to preach to people is that wellness should commonly be understood to, to be made of three things, nutrition, strength training and say emotional development and then nervous system training on Mm. a regular basis. The, 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 the three physical things would definitely be nutrition Mm. building strength and then letting go of tension in your musculature, learning how to clench muscles and then learning how to unclench muscles on purpose. Mm. This is the triangle of health that in the West, Western civilization somehow, the European crowd 300 years ago, totally dropped the ball on slow motion disciplines. They just don't exist. In Asia, they exist. In Southern Asia, they exist. In Africa, they exist. In South America, they exist. Europe somehow, there's no slow motion discipline from, Mm -hmm. from a European tradition. But just because they didn't do it in France 700 years ago, doesn't mean that most human beings were not doing this all along. This is a natural capacity we all have. And it's really important that we take advantage of it as much as possible.
0: Mm, No, I love that. You know, it's interesting, because I always just thought, you know, your nervous system, and you want to train it and deregulate it is because if you have trauma, or if you're healing your trauma, or if you have something that happened to you, that's why you want to uh, work with your nervous system and I just assumed that if you didn't deal with any of that stuff then your nervous system should be okay you don't you don't really have to work on it and listening to you and it seems like you know anybody can really take advantage and grow and become you know more peaceful more light from you know tra- training their nervous system right and for me that's something that's gotten me curious to look even more into it one of the things that you just mentioned uh, just in a, in a short way. So if your muscles are clenched, like you you know, you work out all the time, what's a simple thing that you can do that you can just unclench these muscles with yourself? Yeah. I, I would
1: say that, you know, so many people are, um, using these, um, impact guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have various names, the little ball that's going back and forth. Oh yeah. Yeah. I use impact therapy uh, also in in what I do. I I guess therapy is not exactly right. I use this tool of -hmm. an impact. uh, It's a vibration tool. Mm -hmm. What I don't like about what everybody uses with these uh, hammers is that the stroke is usually very long and not really helpful. It it actually, I I think, is a bit much. Mm -hmm. That long stroke is really kind of battering the flesh. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to use one of these, most people use them at the end of a workout. Mm. the way we do it is we, I view these as a neurological flashlight
2: Mm.
1: that this vibration is impacting you hundreds of times. Mm. It's drawing the attention of your nervous system to these muscles. Mm. So what I do is I try to use these things where I hit on the lowest um, power Mm -hmm. And I put it to the sorest muscles and then I move while you never want to do an impact or a massage where you're not moving. Uh, here's my arm. I'm sticking this thing on my shoulder and that's it. And da, 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 da. I want to use this as a flashlight. So as all this vibration is coming through my shoulder, I want to move my shoulder back and forth. I want to turn my head to the right. What do I feel happening in between my shoulder as I move? as I tilt my head back and forth, as I raise my arm, as I bring my elbow back, as I, as I put my hand on something and move my whole body forward. And so you want to have whatever's under impact not working. Mm. So if I want to do my arm, I might lay my forearm on a table so my shoulder doesn't have to engage and hold my arm in the air. And then I'll put that on my shoulder and now I'll just lean my body back and forth. So my arms moving without doing the work and this little flashlight is going ding, 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 ding. Hey, pay attention to this, pay attention to this, pay attention to this. Now I go and do my workout Mm. and I might do it a little slower than normal, or at Mm. least start where now when I use my shoulder, I'm going to do three or four reps, very slow. Mm. The other thing is when you're training your nervous system, you never count reps Mm. under any circumstances. Mm. You want to stop thinking logically. There's two ways to learn. Mm. There's logic learning Mm. and there's feeling learning. Mm. Somatics is about recapturing our ability to learn the way an infant learns. Mm. With very little agenda, Mm -hmm. you're just playfully exploring and feeling what's easier and what's more difficult. So, this is what I would recommend to people that they do some amount of waking up your sore muscles before you work out, bringing that area up that hierarchy of attention in your nervous system before you start exercising. And every type of exercise you get into, do some of it at 25% the speed you normally do to start feel it in more detail and then ramp the speed up slowly trying to keep that sense of ease and doing it with the least amount of work you possibly can. This is, this is always in yoga. You always say people do it easier. We're looking for easeful movement mm. now with bodybuilders and teenage boys, uh, which are about one and the same. There's some people that don't want to hear this. Mm. And, and, and you don't even bother people that are looking to like make their muscles larger, like abnormally mm. large, because they're bodybuilders, they have an idea of a look they're going for. Mm. The only way to build your muscles up is to not relax your muscles. Mm. And now you have to rip new muscles to do the work because muscle cells are like springs in a certain sense that they're long mm. when they're neutral and they're short and it takes energy to shorten them. Mm. But unlike a spring, you cannot partially contract a muscle cell. Mm. It's either fully short or fully long. Mm. So if I want to pick up a piece of paper or a bowling ball, the question is not how much I clench each muscle cell. It's how many muscle cells are being commanded to clench. Mm. So if you want to build bulk, if 40% of the muscles in my arm are tight, Mm. They are not available to do the work.
2: Mm. There's a
1: great story I had when I started training, the very first Systema class I ever took illustrated this to me on day one. I I was very overweight my whole life, way more than I am now, mm. um, radically more. And I always perceived myself as very uh, susceptible to pain and very weak. Mm. So when I took my first Systema class, I said to the instructor, we're probably gonna have to focus on my stomach. Cause I'm so weak in my stomach. I, I literally cannot even do a single sit up.
0: Mm-hmm. And he was,
1: like, what are you talking about? This is not possible. You can mm-hmm. definitely do a sit up. He says, show me. So I'm struggling and I'm sweating and grunting. and I, I can't do a, a single sit up. So he has me stand up and he says, can I touch you? And he touches my stomach and says, can we try something?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I said, sure. He said, no, I'm going to, we're going to warm you up, but eventually what we're going to go to it, I'm going to, I'm going to hit you in the stomach in, in a, in this certain kind of way
2: mm. that
1: will invite your stomach to relax.
2: Mm. And
1: he like scared me a bunch of times and like waited till I wasn't going to tench up and just nailed me in this way that made my stomach feel like it dumped out uh, and really like fell out of my, fell down my pants kind of
2: mm-hmm. feeling.
1: And he said, try it again. And I got down on the floor and whipped out 15 sit-ups. Hmm with no effort. Mm. And I just was like, what, how is this possible? Mm -hmm. And he said, well, a lot of overweight people spend their entire life sucking their stomach in Mm. Said you can't see it because you're overweight, but you've got a rocking six pack in there. Mm. but it's all clenched. You have no muscle left to do any sit-ups because you're sucking your stomach in 24 hours a day. Mm. Your muscle, your stomach is already short. Your hips are out of whack. You're mm-hmm. leaning over because your your stomach's already short. You have nothing left to do this work. Mm-hmm. And I hit your stomach. I made it relax. And you'll see, it doesn't really take that much effort to do a sit-up. You just had no muscle cells left to do mm-hmm. it. And this was the mind blower for me. Mm-hmm. He said, We're going to make you strong by making you relax. Mm-hmm. He said, you're way stronger than you think you are. You're walking around like one piece of wood.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And as soon as we get those muscles to release. And it was true. I was just, I was like, wow, I can lift so much more weight than I thought I could because I was walking around with like 70% of my muscles permanently contracted. Mm-hmm. And my, and that makes my joints inflamed and it's putting pressure on every single joint. It's making me stiff. And all of us, what I learned is that everything comes to feel quote unquote normal. You can ask an old person, how are you feeling? And they're like, I feel fine. I feel normal. Yet their head is six inches in front of their shoulders and they're crouched over and they're leaning to one side and they're shuffling down the sidewalk and, oh, I feel great. Everything's normal because everything comes to feel normal. Mm. What I came to realize is that all of us by middle age, certainly by 30 years old, we are all walking around. With an invisible cage of tension around our what they call proximal muscles, the muscles in by the bones, mm. most of us, our bones are surrounded by nearly rock hard muscles mm. that are just spoken for, when you have to go to the chiropractor all the time, you don't just have a supplemented disc, mm. unless you were in an accident. Your disc is supplemented because your back muscles are completely engaged in the front of your spine and the back of your spine. Mm -hmm. And you can get them clicked and that supplementation out all you want. But if you don't take action to relax those muscles, Mm -hmm. then you're back at the chiropractor the next week and the week after that and the week because it doesn't just happen to be happening that you have Mm -hmm. a supplementation. That pressure of all those muscles contracting is putting the pressure on your spine causing the sublimation And not every chiropractor will tell you, that's why you're here. Mm. You know, I can crack your back, but if you don't relax that back, you'll never stop coming. Mm. This is the issue is that even when we feel that we are relaxed, there's so many yoga people I work on that they, they move and they seem like they're really relaxed. And you say, let me stick this stick in your back how relaxed are you? Wow. You're not relaxed at all Mm -hmm. in by the bones. You're not relaxed. You've Mm -hmm. got this absolutely fierce tension, Mm
2: -hmm. 24
1: hours a day. When you eat, when you sleep, it's there and it's not going anywhere. It raises your blood pressure.
2: Mm -hmm. It
1: promotes inflammation. It promotes arthritis. It certainly promotes stiffness. Stiffness means Muscles on the front of your body are clenched and muscles on the opposite side of that same bone are simultaneously clenched. That's why it's hard to move. Mm -hmm. If the soft tissue was not clenched, we literally are like octopus Mm -hmm. with bones. So we don't have to clench. If an octopus were to stand up in the air, they'd have to be clenching all their legs 24 seven. We have bones so we can aim ourselves against gravity mm. and relax but mm. bones are just there to transmit force mm. but the force is always generated from the soft tissues
2: mm.
1: and bones afford us the ability to relax the soft tissues. so you really should be almost very watery until you want to do work and then but work which People in CrossFit and all uh, many disciplines in the West, they don't emphasize relaxing at all. The mm-hmm. whole mentality is about clench, 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 clench.
2: Mm-hmm. Why does my
1: back hurt? Why does my knee hurt? Because the because work should be going from a fairly relaxed state of what we call tonus, mm-hmm. uh, um, a fairly soft, jello-like state of soft tissue mm-hmm. to then clenching the proper amount of muscle cells needed to perform a piece of work, and then back to a relaxed state again, you know, uh, like a dancer, like an acrobat,
2: Mm. that
1: kind of strength in relaxation, and with flexibility and mobility, is what mammals are designed to do. Mm. In the West, once we started doing barbells, and like looking in the mirror, and wanting this image to be created, Mm. that's not about function, Like, I'm horrible at um, pull-ups. And I used to think that this was really a sign of what a loser I am and how, Mm. like, ridiculous I am and blah, 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 blah. And then three years ago, I was watching some interview with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he he was like, I've never been able to do a single pull-up. And I was just like,
2: what? (laughs) What? (laughs) <laughs> Arnold
1: Schwarzenegger can't do one pull-up. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. Okay. So, I mean, I still want to be able to do pull-ups at some point, but I guess it, it's not just me. Mm-hmm. There's a, a thing. And then once I started hanging around with the, the Russians, they're so practical. Their whole issue is, Dan, why would you train so that you can train more? Mm. You know, you're trained to do something in this world. I was telling them, I want to do pull-ups and they're like, Dan, Why would you want to do all that work just to peek over a fence? Yeah, Like, like why do you need to look over a fence? It's like, we'll teach you to do it so you can climb over a fence. We're going to teach you to get up and over. That's worth doing all this work. Like looking over a wall, who cares? If you can do that 30 times, what is that going to do for you Mm -hmm. in the world? And we don't believe in doing lots of work so that you can do. We don't believe in training so you can train better. we believe in training so you can do something in life better Mm -hmm. so we're working on trying to get me up and over the wall not to do a chin-up they're like forget the chin-ups this this, peeking over is not what we're training you
2: for Mm -hmm. we're
1: training you to
0: climb over Mm -hmm. then it's worth doing it yeah exactly (laughs) no i love that i'm curious like what got you into this work midlife crisis mm. <laughs> no question
1: if you read my book somatic fanatic uh yeah. available on amazon this is the story of me selling uh my share in the company i designed uh, mm-hmm. sold out to our partners mm. and pretty soon after that being headlong into uh, a real midlife crisis mm-hmm. and um Something had to give, and and I had met uh, these Sistema guys while I I wrote, produced, and directed a feature film. Uh, after I sold my company, it it did not get picked up. It didn't get distributed, and and uh, my marriage almost also fell apart in these same couple of years. And um, so everything had fallen out from under my feet, and I knew about these um, Russian people teaching Sistema, but it, it seemed. Well, it is so intense that I I was just like, wow. Like I was intrigued, but frightened of training with them. Mm. But then I found myself a few years later in so much emotional pain Mm. that I just felt like something has to give Mm -hmm. something. I got to do something to get myself out of my comfort zone because I'm realizing my comfort zone is miserable. I'm not comfortable. I'm in desperate emotional pain here. Mm. Uh, I didn't need money. I didn't need, you know, I had no mortgage on my house and there were, there were certain things that were so comfortable. It was leaving me in a situation that I realized actually was not healthy or comfortable or, um, heading in any direction that, that was uplifting or fulfilling or meaningful in any way. Mm. Um, and so that's what got me in was working with the Systema guys, um, but as miraculous as it was for me, it was so intense mm. that I was wondering when I was felt reborn by it all. I, I was flying home from one particular three-week session of just intense training, mm. um, and I was flying home, so shot out of a cannon, and wow, I feel so great. And like, who in my world can I share this great thing with? And I immediately knew the answer was no one, no one I know. Would Mm -hmm. because I wouldn't even do it for three years. Mm -hmm. I would I wanted nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. And so that got me kind of frustrated. And I said, wow, the benefit is so amazing. But yeah, like I wouldn't even so, so is the pain necessary? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And if the pain is necessary, what is it doing? And this started me down the road. And then I started looking for another discipline that had zero pain at all, Mm -hmm. and wondering what would that do? Mm. just to try to understand where, what is it that's going on here? What's happening here? Mm. Um, and that's how I found Feldenkrais method,
2: mm. which is
1: all very much about nervous system training. That's, mm. you not know, they didn't use those three words. I'm the guy that came up with the phrase nervous system training, but they certainly know it's about the nervous system. Um, and doing those very extreme opposites started giving me this insight that eventually made me realize, wow, the world is full of these disciplines, ancient and modern alike. And all of these disciplines, there's a sense that there's something connecting them all.
2: Mm.
1: But every one of these disciplines I meet, every one of them thinks that their founder discovered this mm. for the, They're the first human to ever realize this great secret mm. and that their discipline is the best of them all. Yeah. and their discipline cures every problem you could possibly imagine under the sun and mm-hmm. i simultaneously realized one day wow they all think this and they're all wrong mm-hmm. every single i know for a fact that every single one of them is wrong mm-hmm. and i came to realize that there are three amounts of sensation you can train the nervous system with there's gentle intermediate and vigorous Mm. and there's three flavor general flavors of sensation you can direct your attention toward
2: Mm.
1: pleasurable easeful and discomfort Mm. tension pain fear that there's really three slots you can feel what's easier to do you can feel what's delicious to do or you can feel what is unpleasant to do Mm. And if you mix these three levels of intensity and three types of sensation, mm. you're left with nine variants. Mm. And then you can train on your own, or mm. you can train with a partner and interact with another nervous system, mm. which leaves 18 ways you can train your nervous system. And I realize there's not a single discipline in existence that presents all 18 formats. Mm. The only hope you would ever have at training all 18 of these slots is with a multidiscipline exploration mm. And that's what started me down the road to what became Somatic Training Network to create a platform where all disciplines are offered their take at solving back pain, their mm-hmm. take at better movement for kids how mm-hmm. would they do it and where they're all in where the public is invited in based on their interests, problems, and how to solve it. Mm. And all the instructors are invited in. How would you solve this? How would you solve that? So people can come in and say, wow, my knee hurts. Oh boy, there's a Tai Chi guy doing knee pain. There's a systemic guy doing knee pain there. and, And we help them find right training for them. And we say, you know, this, we're encouraging those who only train in the gentle arts to try some martial arts to train your nervous system also mm. because the gentle arts if you only wallow in the if you only wallow in one world the gentle arts no doubt can make your nervous system function at a much higher higher level mm. it can enlighten you but it tends to enhance your self-perception as a spiritual being
2: mm.
1: in the gentle arts mm. the martial arts tend to also train your nervous system for the, the soft form martial arts. Hard form martial arts are not training the nervous system in any way. Mm. Boxing is not training the nervous system. It, it's tra- You're training habitual responses to go faster and faster and more automatically. Mm. Um, but if you're doing soft form martial arts that are training the nervous system, that enhances your self-perception as what I call a wiggling, squiggling creature alive on this earth. Not mm. as a spiritual being, but Mm -hmm. as a pleasant loving and very dangerous living creature Mm -hmm. point out to lots of people the same creator if you believe in whatever the story of creation you believe whether it's evolution this god that god or the other god Mm -hmm. the same process or entity that created love and cuddly kittens mm-hmm. and Saturday nights with hot cocoa with the kids is the same God that created fangs and teeth and venom mm. and all these other things, like being dangerous is a part of being alive. Yeah. And if you only train in the martial world, you you have a danger of coming to see every interaction as a potential fight. Mm. And if you only train, train in the gentle arts, You come to see the danger is you can come to see yourself as a powerless, spirit-only victim. Mm. And I believe that to train for a, uh, the reality of what life actually is Mm. as being an enlightened, physical creature
2: Mm.
1: is you need to train toward the animal reality and dignity and birthright of your life
2: Mm.
1: and the spiritual reality and birthright and dignity of your existence and Mm. training in both those worlds for me is what i encourage people to do even Mm. if you're mainly training in one dabble in the other side
0: Mm. why not why not dabble in the other side there's nothing to lose and so much to gain Mm. no that's amazing thank you for sharing that it makes just to get an understanding of how you got into this space and these days do you guys like you and your team like do you guys host retreats or how do, how do you work with people now Well
1: post covid we haven't been but uh everyone can look up painworks with an x uh painworks.com uh is uh where our training platform is we we have a, a website that's actually called somaticlab.live okay. and it, um and you can go to somaticlab.live as well but we advertise through sub brands one is pain works with an X and that emphasizes and talks to people about trauma recovery and how nervous system training can aid in that and that section of the website is organized in workshops for those kinds of issues mm. on the on the same website we have a well works with an X section okay that we advertise to people who are senior citizens and have their. Kinds of issues and we bring them into the same arena of training, but we're the conversation and the workshops are geared toward them. Mm-hmm. We have another section of the website called smartmove.live, which is for high performance training, breathworks with an X. We have various sections. So we um, we are our training platform has live and on-demand training. We have well over a thousand pre-recorded classes available mm-hmm. um, for a total access kind of package. It's only $400 for a year. So Mm -hmm. it's less than $40 a month for unlimited training, both live on zoom and pre recorded. Mm -hmm. We have lots of little like survey tools and stuff to to suggest to you, depending on your state of health, your age, your experience, like what kinds of stuff you might want to try. So this is how most people can deal with us. In 2023, our hope is we'll be back to doing live intensives. Um, if you want to come and train with us, we have a three-day program called Somatic Convergence Retreat, where uh, people are taken through a, ver- it's a multi-discipline experience mm. all day long, three days in a row. And the, the goal is to radically, really dramatically have you leave after three days with a radical amount of chronic tension out of your musculature mm. where where the amount of always clenched chronic tension in your soft tissue is reduced radically and mm. and all the benefits of that where we just kind of get it over with and in 3 days you walk in and it's exciting it's interesting not every moment is maybe the most pleasant, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, skipping through the tulip field Mm -hmm. moment. There's definitely some challenges in it, Mm -hmm. but, um, it's all benevolent and we, we take the nervous system, we amp it up. We do sort of the most intense work just prior to lunch. Mm
2: -hmm. And then after
1: lunch, we do vigorous, but not quite painful or, you know, Panic-inducing work, mm-hmm. and slowly over the course of the afternoon, we come come down to a slow cruise, like when you're coming in to initial descent on a plane. Mm-hmm. And by evening, we're doing Feldenkrais method and very, very gentle, subtle work just before everybody goes to sleep. Mm-hmm. Their nervous system observe absorbs all that while they sleep, and then we do the same thing again. We ramp them up in the morning, up, 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 up to kind of vigorous and then intense, real challenging work, and that eleven to twelve kind of hour. We eat organic grown here on our, in our organic smart farm food. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we start that other, you know, from active down toward gentle thing. We do that three days in a row. And after three days in a row, uh, people walk out reborn and with um, a whole different sense of one, realizing how much tension they had locked in, Mm -hmm. how much they still have locked in and yet how much less, they're leaving with. And it gives them a roadmap of why it's so important for them to keep some kind of somatic practice going in their life after they leave, but with real dramatic
0: results after three days. Mm, That's amazing. And when is that? When is the next time you guys are doing that? We, this is going to be starting in the
1: spring of next year and through yeah. summertime. The the nice weather in Maine is, is definitely kind of June through yeah. about October yeah. and 2023. We haven't locked down dates yet, but in two weeks, we're meeting to decide when we're going to do this. We have been way more involved in launching the retail end of it, the online end of it. Mm. COVID kind of helped us refocus where our attention needs to be. Yeah. But um the live events will start kicking in probably at about a half schedule in 2023. And then we're hoping by 2024, barring any, you know, new attempts to shut down the world economy. Again, mm-hmm. um, we, we can go to like a full schedule events for the year after next. So we're going to try to do about a, a 50% schedule for next year.
0: Okay. That's amazing. And just as we finish off the podcast here, I usually say to just, Pretty much in, how can people find you? Is there a website you're like, well, I will. Yeah. Enter. I would go to uh painworks.com pain. Uh, you can
1: go to um, somatic fanatic on um, YouTube or um, Facebook. Okay. You can go, you can read my book somatic fanatic, which is available on audible and on Amazon. It's cheap. It's written more like a book than a, a textbook, and it it follows my 10-year journey from midlife crisis mm-hmm. through master by master by master of what was on my mind, how mm-hmm. I found the next master, what I learned from them as I traveled around the world, learning from really high-level masters and grandmasters in a number of disciplines, and how I came to realize that I had this new life mission of making nervous system training, a commonly understood concept in a world where it should be. And yet it's regarded as as this exotic little secret on the side and should be as common knowledge as an apple a day keeps the doctor awake. And I decided that's going to be
0: my mission and I'm going to build an economic model that facilitates that mission. Mm, that's amazing i'm looking forward to checking out the book somatic fanatic i will put all the details section for the in the podcast so people can find you uh connect with you guys i uh, just want to say thank you so much for jumping on i definitely going to be listening to this podcast again uh learning a lot from it um just to share too like for me um and most of my audience as well so you know i'm 32 years old in the last four or five years i'm healing a lot of trauma i realized that i was uh, I went to a 10 day silent meditation retreat in 2019. I came out of that and it just opened up so many things for me that I had never even knew. Like it just started to bring up so many memories and I started to, you know work with therapy and do a lot of the shadow work and ego work and just this, just learning more about myself, sitting with my feelings and all that. So for me, I'm doing that nervous system reg- regulation and deregulation and like just trying to be more in my body you know, feel more, all this stuff. So the things that you shared, I'm definitely looking forward to looking more into it, especially the Russian sticks that you mentioned. I'm, I'm actually very uh, intrigued to, yeah, learn more about it and understand it because I feel like it would probably, uh, yeah, would probably only enhance my own journey on what I'm doing. So I'm definitely looking forward to all that. Uh, any uh, last thoughts, anything else that you would like to share before we finish off? I, I would say this, if you're thinking about that, uh,
1: training your nervous system might help you Yeah. and look at it, not like sports, yeah. not like politics. It's not about choosing a team.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Look at it like food or music. Mm. It's about finding your home base that you yeah. like enough that you're going to keep doing it. Mm. But you, you keep a curiosity about what other people are doing and you dip your toe in Mm. i'm a rock guy Mm -hmm. i go to the opera once a year and if i'm with friends who want to go to the honky tonk and dance Mm. of course i'll go why wouldn't i go and i'll go and i'll get on the disco floor at a wedding too Mm -hmm. because that's what makes life worth living Mm -hmm. you know the 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 variety your nervous system craves both Mm. surety Mm. and variety it Mm. needs both Mm. and having respectful curiosity about what your neighbors are up to Mm. not only helps your nervous system training but in this modern world where there's so many super dangerous weapons where we have the capacity to destroy each other neighborly curiosity and respect for what other people are up to is the only choice we've got, everybody. Mm-hmm. It's the only choice we have. Mm-hmm. We cannot keep fighting. The, the, the tools are too dangerous. If mm-hmm. we keep down that road, we're done. Mm-hmm. So in nervous system training and any other training, I would just encourage people that if you can keep a neighborly and respectful curiosity in life, you consider life like a wedding. And of course, before you go to a wedding, you fill out the card and you choose chicken, fish, or vegetable for your entree. But when you get to the waiter, wedding and the waiter walks by with hors d'oeuvres you've never seen, mm. take one, eat it, yeah. try it, enjoy, get mm. out on the dance floor, even if it's not the music you usually dance to, because mm. it's not forever. It's just for right now. And yeah. why not enjoy what your neighbors are doing that it never would have occurred to you? to do. Mm, I love
0: that. Thank you for sharing that.
1: Thanks very much, Muhammad. I really appreciate you sharing time with me and letting me um, proselytize the things that that are driving me forward to you and your listeners. I really appreciate the opportunity
0: to talk to you all. Yeah, no problem. Thank you again for, uh, you know, for this happening. I'm super grateful for it. Uh, With that being said, then yeah, this will be released in the next uh, two weeks. So with my audience, Um, And of course, you know, I will have all these details section where people can find you, connect with you and the websites. I'm probably going to read the book for sure, Somatic Fanatic. And uh, yeah, have yourself a beautiful, beautiful day in Maine. And uh, we'll stay in touch, brother. Thanks very much, Mohamed. Appreciate it. Have a good uh, day. I see you. Bye-bye.